0: And I'm so thankful uh, Ken decided to do that song uh, because Ken really believes it. That Jesus is the healer of nations and the king of the broken. Do you believe that? Amen. And sometimes, and sometimes... What we don't want to admit is that we have our doubts. Maybe you don't have your doubts, but a lot of us have our doubts that he is the healer of nations and king of the broken. And as, as we see kids getting hurt, teens being exploited, the vulnerable vulnerable being used. Well, the question that can raise is, how long will the bad guys keep winning? How long will the bad guys keep winning? How long will they stay in power? And, And the question that can raise is, how long until things are right again? See, when we're faced with these real challenges, when we're faced with the evil in the world, not from afar, but right up close when we're faced with it it really makes for a crossroads where we have two options the first option is to quit on god to quit praying because obviously god doesn't care because he's not doing anything about it that can be that can be the reasoning in our mind so you probably know people that when they've been faced with evil, they've quit on their faith. They've come to the conclusion that there must not be a God. They've stopped praying. They've stopped going to church. They've stopped serving. They just, they disengage. The other option that we have when we're faced with what's wrong is that we can let that drive us to God and plead with God to do something about it. And that will be a choice that we have to make again and again and again and again. It is a choice that Hannah made and We'll see how God has answered Hannah's prayer and then how God exalt or how Hannah exalts in God. But before we get there, before we get there, we need to pray. So let me pray. Lord, stand in front of me. Will I stand in front of them? Talk over me. Will I talk to them? Because we're your kids. Do this for your glory and our good. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we have the choice to make of whether we will disengage from God, walk away from God, quit on God, or whether when we are faced with obstacles to our faith, when we're faced with real problems, whether that will drive us to God. And much of that will depend on what we believe about God. God okay, so Hannah if you are with us here we are in first Samuel chapter 2 verse 1 As we kicked off the book of first Samuel last week. We saw Hannah Was in a tough spot She was one of two wives Which in itself was Was horrible it refers to the other wife as her rival And worse than that she couldn't bear children And so she pours out her soul in deep anguish and in pain She cries out to god year after year after year And finally she comes to the temple and comes to an understanding with god where if god gives her A son then she will give him back to god and god answers this prayer And here she is at the temple giving her son back to god leaving him at the temple. And this, what we see in this, these couple verses here that we'll read this morning, are what she believes about God. This is what kept her praying when God kept not answering. This is what kept her praying when she was in deep anguish and great affliction. In her words, when she was vexed and anxious these beliefs about God are what kept her praying. So now that God has answered her prayer and she is offering her son back to God, this is what she's exalting God for. This is now she's saying what she's always believed about God. This sets the tone for the book. So so if I could just kind of flag you down here for a second, the themes that we'll see this morning are themes that we'll see run throughout the book. Kind of like Mary's prayer, as it begins, Luke sets the tone for Luke. So Hannah's prayer here sets the tone for Samuel. Okay, so here we are in chapter two, verse one. Hannah prayed and said, my heart exalts in the Lord. You will see the Lord quite a few times. This is not a Hannah-centric Prayer, this is a God-centric prayer. My heart exalts in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. Horn is like strength. Think of like the horn of a bull after it gores an enemy, lifting it in exaltation and glory. You know, this is kind of the horn. My horn, my strength is exalted. Why? Because I'm awesome. No, it is exalted in the strength of the Lord. My mouth derides my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. There is none holy like the Lord, for there is none beside you. There is no rock like our God. Talk no more so very proudly. Let not arrogance come from your mouth. Okay, so this is bigger than her relationship with her rival, Panea. But can you see any echoes of her relationship with Pania here, those of you who were here last week? Maybe a couple. Talk no more so very proudly. Let not arrogance come from your mouth. For the Lord is a God of knowledge. And by him actions are weighed. And this is about God. And what Hannah is going to proclaim again and again and again. Is that what God is like. What is essential to God's character is that God is in charge and God rights wrongs. Now, watch this as we read, as she sings this song about God. Now, remember, this is what she believed about God. This is what kept her praying when God wasn't answering. This is what her, kept her praying year after year after year when she was filled with anxiety and vexation. So here we go. The bows, or the bows of the mighty are broken. Now, you're going to see Red down arrow and a green up arrow again and again, and I'll explain that in a minute. The bows of the mighty are broken, but the feeble bind on strength. Down with the mighty, up with the feeble. Those who were full have hired themselves out for bread, but those who were hungry have ceased to hunger. Down with the full, up with the hungry. The barren has borne seven children. But she who has many children is forlorn. Down, back up. The Lord is the one who does it. The Lord kills and brings to life. He is the Lord, brings down to Sheol and raises up. God, she's saying, is utterly, utterly in charge of everything. The fates of all of us are in God's strong, good hand. God makes things right. The Lord makes poor and makes rich. He brings low and he exalts like it is all up to God. God is utterly in charge. He raises up the poor from the dust. He lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with princes and inherit a seat of honor. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's. And on them he has set the world. Okay. So what I just said was. This poem. Hannah's song. Sets the tone. For the book. Just like the narrative. About Hannah and Panina Set the tone for the book. So what you just read. Last week in chapter one. Is that Panina was on top. But. As Hannah was a faithful one that cried out to God and cried out to God and cried out to God, God raised her up. So Penina goes down and Hannah goes up. And that is a pattern that we will see again and again throughout the book. So just a couple examples. All right. So who's the high priest right now? Anybody remember? Eli. Eli is the priest right now eli will be complicit in his son's sin and so down with eli up with who samuel you know the guy the the book the person the book is named after up with samuel the the son for whom hannah had been praying this is what you'll see in the trajectory of the book you'll see Eli on a downward trajectory and Samuel on an upward trajectory. Can I mean those of you that have read first Samuel before can you think of the really big one that will take place over chapters? Well, of course it's Saul. After Saul has become king and Saul starts out doing okay, he he neglects his duty, he becomes disobedient and then he's on a downward trajectory. And then David, of course, is on an upward trajectory. Here's here's what Hannah is saying. That this this is not just like a side note in God's character. But this is essential to God's character. That God, this is what kept Hannah praying when God kept not answering. That God is a God who rights wrongs. That God is a God who sees what is wrong and eventually, eventually makes it right. In this life or the next, God will make it right. Think of the fear that drives news cycles. In this life or the next, God will turn it into faith. You think of the lies that people buy into that wreck lives? God, in this life or the next, will displace those those lies with life-giving truth. the broken, horrible cycles that keep repeating themselves over and over and over and over and over again in family trees. This life or the next, God will fix that. He will make it right. So you're not praying to a God who part of his character is to ignore this stuff. What Hannah is telling us is that God's character is to make it right. This is who God is. This is what God does. He makes wrongs right. He writes wrongs. Now, how does God do that? How does God write wrongs? How does He fix things? Well, let's keep reading. He, of course, God, The Lord will guard the feet of his faithful ones. That could be a sermon all by itself right there about how the Lord protects Samuel. How the Lord protects David. How the Lord was faithful to Hannah. We we could spend spend the whole morning just on that. He will guard the feet of his faithful ones, but the wicked shall be cut off. Do Do you write in your Bibles? You know, if you don't, I wish you would, uh, but, but some people, you know, have a phobia about that because then it will mar their Bible somehow. And man, I, I just think that you should leave a mark on your Bible so that someday when someone that loves you gets it, they can see what meant a lot to you. Um, but if you write in your Bibles, would you circle that word cut off? And then I'm going to give you some cross, cross references for it in a little bit. But the wicked, what shall happen to the wicked They'll be cut off. The wicked shall be cut off in darkness, for not by might shall a man prevail. So, so what Hannah believes that there there are some enemies that are too big for us to conquer, too big, too awful. We're not going to beat them, but the Lord will. What are those two words? Cut off. The Lord will cut them off. Now no there is parallelism here. There's reiterate this in this next line for the adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces and against them. He will thunder in heaven. So what we've said is Hannah's song here, like shows us the trajectory of where the rest of the book is going. Kind of points us, gives us themes that we're going to see again and again throughout the book. Okay. So let me show that to you after, uh, After some water goes under the bridge and uh, Eli has continued to be complicit in his son's sins, he lets the Ark of the Covenant, I'll explain that more later when we get to it, don't worry, uh, um, go out into battle. But it was God's will, because his people were sinning, that his people lose. So those people lose the battle. Uh, The bad guys take the Ark of the Covenant, they bring it to their temple, they set it in their temple as like a trophy to their God, whose name is Dagon. You probably remember what happens. Uh, if you ha- were in Sunday school and you're a little kid, you saw the flannel graph. And you might still be able to picture the flannel graph in your head. This is one of those stories they always told. Uh, and it's a great one because it's about how God wins. But, so uh, this might be the, the version that you didn't notice before, the connection. So there's Dagon. And he'd fallen face downward on the ground before the ark of the Lord. Now, if you're familiar with Hebrew worship at all, you think of that is the, the posture of worship that Dagon is worshiping before the Ark of the Lord. And what happens to Dagon's head? Do you remember? Yeah, it breaks off. In, in fact, there's two words that the text uses. It is cut off. And the head of Dagon and both his hands were lying cut off on the threshold. So so we said, God is a God who writes wrongs. We said, okay, now how does God write wrongs? Well, in the beginning of the book, you can see God writing a wrong by a false God that had been exalted, bowing down in worship before the Ark of the Covenant with its head cut off. Okay, so now in the middle of the book, there's a giant, a giant, an unbeatable giant, completely terrifying everyone. And you know the story. David comes up, runs towards him, gets it, has his sling going, whips, whips the, the stone. They say, I, I, when we get there, I'll tell you how fast the stone was probably going. Not going to try to attempt that right now. But it lodges itself in the giant's head. Which way? Which way does the giant fall? Now, if the rock hits you going 80 miles an hour, whatever it is, going really fast, sinks into your forehead, which way do you fall? You think you're backwards, but watch this. The stone sank into his forehead and he fell. Whoa. Whoa, maybe God's making a point. In the posture of worship, he falls face down. And then what happens? David runs over to him, gets out his giant sword. Giant sword for a giant. And what does David do with a sword? He Cuts off his head. Beginning of the book, there's a false god that looks like he's one. Ends up in the posture of worship with his head removed. Middle of the book, there's the giant bad guy. Posture of worship, head removed. End of the book, there's the false king. The king that had set himself up as an enemy of God. How does he die? Therefore, Saul took his own sword and fell upon it what did the Philistines do when they came and found the body? They cut off his head. Here's what I want you to know. Here's what Hannah is saying. This is why Hannah keeps praying when God keeps not answering. She knows that God's going to win. She knows that God will deal with enemies. She knows. She knows what God is like. She knows that God won't let the enemies triumph forever. Not forever. That God sees it and God hates it. You know, we sing this sometimes. We sing, And though the wrong seems oft so strong, The ark is captured. The giant is mocking us. The wrong guy is on the throne. Though the wrong seems oft so strong, What is the truth? That God is the ruler yet. This is true. And Satan's lies that are winning the day, they will be cut off. The sin that enslaves has already been conquered by Christ, and its days are numbered death that always wins it has a deadline it has already been conquered in the resurrection the lord will win so we serve a god that writes wrongs now how does god write wrongs number one he cuts off his enemies and then two well let's finish let's finish the poem that hannah sings And the Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He's like, here's what I know about God. He is utterly, fantastically in charge. And he will judge all of it and make it right. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. What will that look like? He will give strength to his king. This is how he will do it. He will give strength to his king. And he will exalt the horn of his anointed. He will exalt the strength of his king. That his king will finally and fully triumph. Now I I kind of gave that away, but um Exalt the horn of his. This is what it looks like in the Hebrew, because I, I think this is cool. Um if you don't like this kind of thing, just kind of close your eyes and take a nap for a couple seconds. It'll be over quick. Okay? This is for the nerds among us. Like I anyway. So I will exalt the horn, the Lord will exalt the horn of his. This is what the Hebrew looks like. It starts with an M, ends with an H, and there's two S's in the middle. Yeah, you probably got it. I'll tell you in a minute if, if you don't. So he'll exalt, he'll give strength to his king, exalt the horn of his. You know, I can hear you whispering it. This is, so a couple hundred years before Jesus, they did a Greek translation of the Old Testament called the Septuagint. Or the LXX. And this is the word that they translated Messiah or Messiah in the Old Testament. That was the Hebrew. It's Messiah. They translate it with this word, Christos. And so when will God finally make things right? When will God finally, finally, and fully make things right? Well, We know he's going to do that as he breaks his enemies and as he exalts the horn of his Christos, or his Christ. And so, in the very first line of the New Testament, I mean the very first line of the New Testament, this is what we read The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christos, Jesus Christ. How will God make things right? Well, he will break his enemies. And he will exalt his Christ. He will exalt Jesus, his Messiah, his Messianic King. You see, I mean, in, on one level, this could be pointing towards Saul, because Saul was anointed. On another level, it pointed toward David, because David was the true king that they were looking forward to. On another level, this has to be looking forward to Jesus, who will finally and fully be exalted. Now he's exalted initially as he's exalted as the Christ who is showing up good as he joins us in our mess. And that's what we celebrate every Christmas. He's exalted as the Messiah who bears our sins, pays for our sins. He's exalted as the king who conquers death. He's the king who will finally return and make all things new. This is what Hannah knew. Hannah knew that God making things right is essential to who God is. Not some tangential part of God's nature, but essential to God's nature is God makes things right. This is the whole story of the Bible. This is Genesis 3 to Revelation 21 god making things right and god does this by conquering enemies by exalting his christ so what should we do well when god answers our prayers like god answered hannah's prayers we should exalt in the lord we should remember who answered our prayers we should not thank our lucky stars We should not be so thankful that we sent out all those positive vibes out into the universe and somehow the universe provided an answer. We should not be so thankful that we looked deep within ourselves and found the right way forward. When God answers our prayers, we should look up and give thanks. We should exalt the Lord. When he answers our prayers, we should pray when we're hurting and sad and broken and things are extremely hard. We should pray when God hasn't answered yet. We should pray because we're affirming in our prayers that this is what God is like. God rights wrongs. And by praying, we're reminding ourselves that this is true again and again and again. And we're obeying what Jesus said when Jesus told us a parable that we should always pray and not give up. And finally, finally, we should remember. We should remember that. We should remember where history is going. You remember the song we quoted earlier from This Is My Father's World? We, we, we quoted from this song earlier, and, and this line I want you to remember is, Jesus who died shall be satisfied. Like he'll look down and he'll say, what I did was so very worth it. I'm so glad I did that. And when will he do this? And earth and heaven be one. When he applies his redemption to all of creation. Why don't you stand with me and let's remember this together. I'd like you to read this as a shout of defiance against sin and Satan and Satan's minions and death let's remember what is true let's remember what we believe read this out loud saying it is true to give yourself strength to pray to give yourself fuel to pray to remember what god is like so here we go and i heard a loud voice from the throne saying okay hold on hold on hold on i'm not going to interrupt you again i promise hey what did we read about That God will exalt his anointed. His king will finally be exalted. And this is when it happens. When the voice comes from the throne. Saying, alright, now read this with me as a defiant shout. Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. And he will dwell with them. And they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And death shall be no more. Neither there shall be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that this is true. We affirm it. This is why we pray. Give us strength to remember this. Accept our praise as we sing, in Jesus' name, amen.